Off the Record, the weekly KOTO public affairs show that offers you, the listener, an opportunity to hear in-depth conversations on community topics and issues that matter. As always, you are encouraged to join the conversation by calling 728-4333. Now here's your host. Good evening, Kodo listeners. This is Matt Hoysh from the Kodo News Team. Thank you so much for joining for another evening of Off the Record on this delightfully snowy Tuesday, also snowy and internetless uh, Tuesday. We have had an internet outage starting about 1 p.m. affecting Telluride, Mountain Village, and the surrounding area. Luckily, you can still listen to the radio when there's no internet, apparently. Um, but also, that unfortunately means our phone lines may also be down. We were having some some funky trouble with the phone lines just now. Um, so we're going to see what happens with that, but um, the the phone line gods may not be working in our favor, but we will see because it's off the record. It's a show that you can call into to ask any questions or have some comments. And tonight we are speaking with the Telluride Tourism Board about all things tourism in the region. These are some of the, the folks that are are at the, the heart of our regional uh, tourism ecosystem, and we are so grateful to have them on. So as you are listening, folks, if you have a question for some of the members of the Telluride Tourism Board that are with us, try and give us a call. I'm, again, not sure it will go through because of our, our phone internet issues, um, but give it a try, 970-728-4333, 970-728-4333. And you know what? Luckily, I somehow still have some cell service, which is great. So I will also throw out, if you want to email me a question, because I can actually still check my email, and if, if you somehow have cell service and can do that, um, send an email to news at koto.org. Again, news at koto.org. If you have a question for the members of the Telluride Tourism Board joining us tonight, and those members are, we have with us, Dan Jansen, Chair of the Telluride Tourism Board, Holly Hannes, Director of Operations, and Kira Skinner, Director of Marketing and Public Relations. All three of you, thanks for joining. Thanks for having us. Yeah, happy snow day. <laughs> Unfortunately, Tom Watkinson, the, the Director of Communications, is um, unable to join, but we, we wish we could have had Tom with us. But you know what, we're going to take three out of four for this evening. Um Really quickly, I actually do just want to throw out to, to the three of you. I think some folks may know you, some may not know you. Could you just briefly give a, a quick introduction of, of who you are, how you came to the region? Just, you know, a nice 30-second who-are-you sort of thing. Um, hi, I'm Holly, and I have lived here for 21 years. I came for Bluegrass in 1998, and from there I tried to find a job and landed here in 2000 and um, haven't left. Classic. Am I next? Kira, I think you should go next. <laughs> Hi, Matt. Thanks so much for having us. My name's Kira Skinner. I've been with the Tour Tourism Board for almost 12 years as Director of Marketing and Public Relations, um, which over the past few years has really morphed into more of a desti destination management position that entails sustainability and support programs. Um, I've lived in Telluride for 15 years, and my husband, Matt, and I are grateful to be raising our 8- and 10-year-old kids here in this wonderful community. Dan, we'll throw it to you. Yeah, and I'm Dan Jansen. I convinced my Southern California beach girl wife to take a year off life and go live in a cool ski town. That was 15 years ago, and uh, we raised our three kids here. Uh, I'm a recovering elected official and was mayor of Mountain Village for four years, and in that capacity got onto the tourism board and somehow backed my way into this role as uh, chairman of the board. Well, I'm going to start with a very broad question. All three of you, I know, have different areas of expertise, but really, if anyone wants to, to jump in, I think that's just fair game to jump in with anyone with thoughts. Um, but 
preparing for the show, I, I spoke to some people and I was like, oh, I'm talking to the tourism board. What should I ask them? And multiple people told me that I should ask you a very broad question, namely, what does the tourism board do? I think there's a lot of folks that actually are very unclear on that. So can you offer some clarity there? Sure. Uh, this is Dan. I'll start. And what don't we do? Um, we try to flex to the needs of the community at different points in time. Um, our high-level goal, and I kind of live at 30,000 feet, Kara and Holly are going to give you more specifics, is we try to help manage a sustainable tourism economy. Um, and we do that by educating our visitors, targeting people who share our values, run programs and campaigns that communicate our values, pick up your dog poop, respect our trails, etc. Um, there's a misperception that we're out there marketing the heck out of the place. Years ago that was needed, it's less needed now, so we're more about managing the experience for all of us that are here, uh, locals, part-time locals, and, and visitors. Mm. Kira Holly, anything to add to that? Uh, no, I mean, we can get into more of the specifics, but I think Dan really hit the nail on the head there in terms of the broad, you know, vision of the Telluride Tourism Board. Hmm. Well, you mentioned, I mean, I think a lot of people do associate marketing with the Tourism Board. I mean, it's under this umbrella of marketing, Telluride Inc., so there is marketing in the name of, of the organization there. Um, so, I mean, could you, I guess, go into a bit, though? I mean, you're saying, Dan, right now there actually isn't any marketing of the region going on from TTB's point of view? Well, short of sounding academic here, marketing is a very broad term. People tend to think of it as just advertising beds and heads and beds. It's much broader than that. You know, if you go back to Kotler about the definition of marketing, it's about the experience of being here. It's an experiential brand. And so we do marketing without necessarily just trying to sell uh, hotel beds, especially recently. It's much more about the experience. And uh, and so we're it, it's much broader than selling. That's not our priority already now. It's more about helping to create with our partners, the governments and the ski company experience for those of us who are here. Uh, that's very positive, very compelling and very sustainable. And we can talk more about what sustainability means in this context, if you like. Mm -hmm. Oh, I was going to just give a few examples you know, of our sustainability programs and what we're doing. Um, you know, what first comes to mind is we work with the Colorado Tourism Office very closely. Um, and every year they we apply for a marketing match, matching grant that they offer. Um, and we've been doing that now for the past 12 years at least. Um, but each year we always apply really with destination marketing goals in mind. And this year we pivoted and applied under a more sustainability-focused marketing mm -hmm. program. And we did receive the grant, um, and that will be used for um, sustainable marketing efforts. What we'll do is we are going to target people who are already coming to Telluride with sustainability message, you know, trail etiquette, um, COVID messaging if needed. You know, really whatever, we're really gonna tailor it to what you know, the communication is from the community and what the needs are. Um, and so that's, you know, just one thing that we're doing. We also have partnerships with um, the Telluride Mountain Club, the Ecology Commission, um, working on different campaigns with them as well. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, I suppose I also should have, um, I think I maybe jumped the gun there in, in a sense, also diving into the actual, like, um, composition of TTB, because as I understand it, I mean, you all are formed through an agreement between Mountain Village, Telluride, and the county. So essentially you are a, a conglomeration of the three local governments executing marketing for those governments. Is that really the, the, the best way to think of it? Uh, 
Recently, yes. Prospectively, maybe not. Um, we had some very enlightened leaders 15 plus years ago, mayors Fanzler and Pryor and Chairman uh, Goodtimes, who thought it would be best if we work together uh, collaboratively and represent the destination and whatever goals we agree we have through one organization, the Tourism Board. More recently, our governments want to form kind of bilateral. We think that's the best approach, just to be on the record, not off the record. <laughs> um, uh, but we're a service provider, and our clients, the governments and the ski company and others, want us to form more bilateral relationships so that we can really customize the goals to what they want. And they want different things. You know, Telluride is pretty impacted. They want to disperse people off of Main Street in the summer. Mountain Village can take more people and wants more people. The west end of the county, we, we should get out there to the Camp V. And so there's different goals. And so we're going to work with each quote unquote client uh, differently, uh, but still trying to promote collaboration and cooperation wherever we can. Mm. Well, and as we're thinking about this, it sounds like you're really laying out a, a vision for sustainable tourism in, in the region. Um, I guess, what are the levers that the tourism board has to, to make those changes? Because I think the idea of a sustainable tourism economy, a place where you're not, you know, you don't have lines 15 minutes long at the Coffee Cowboy, for instance, even though I'm sure the Coffee Cowboy likes, likes having business. Um, but, you know, where you just have a region where things don't feel cluttered, that sounds really appealing. Um, how can the tourism board make something like that a, a reality? Well, I'm, I'm happy to start. And, and part of it's by looking over the horizon and seeing what's coming. You know, we're very data-driven, analytical. We have a point of view, like we're going to talk about 2023 and 2024 and some of our concerns in those years, for example. Uh, to us, it's about striking a balance. You know, we want to maintain share of mind with the people who share our values, who we want to come here. We don't want them to overwhelm us, but we uh, want them to be here when things are thin. People forget, you know, what I talked to a, a lot of folks, some elected officials even, who weren't here during the last recession. And they don't remember boarded up stores on Main Street. They don't remember 20 plus percent vacancy rates in workforce housing. So our goal is through all of our programs and all of our initiatives, dialing this one up, dialing that one down, is to try to maintain a type of balance over time. That's what we think of the sustainability. We don't need to set records anymore. We just need to have a nice consistent flow that respects the quality of life of all of, we live here too, I always remind people, uh, a quality life, but also lets our locally owned businesses employ locals so that they can live in this community. In the last recession, the reason that workforce housing was vacant, unfortunately, is a lot of jobs left, a lot of people left that we knew. We don't want that. And we think we can play a little role working with the, our government partners to try to get that balance. Mm. Um, Holly, I believe in your job as director of operations, you are one of the main data people. Am I am I correct in that? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, so I'm, I mean, I'm curious. Dan mentioned that you're very data-driven. I think um, anyone who... I, I a lot of my interactions with the tourism board have been, you know, getting a lot, of, a lot of data. You all are a nice repository of numbers. And I'm curious, I mean, can you briefly talk about the tourism board's approach to data, where the data comes from, and really the kind of numbers you all are, are buzzing around with as you try and make the decisions you make? Sure, absolutely. Um, we work with a company called Key Data, and we've uh, we were the first uh, destination uh, marketing organization to actually contract with Key Data, and um, our lodgers, about seventy percent of our lodgers, um, are connected through an API. What's and an API? <laughs> There's systems, doctors. A computer plugin. <laughs> okay, see, I, acronyms. I always jump on the bug. We continue. Sorry, um, and. Um, through that, we can get um, occupancy reports, average daily rates, 
um, length of stay, um, occupancy, uh, owner occupancy, um, and just a lot of different uh, KPIs. Mm. And could, could I add to that? Um, please. Because it, key data is wonderful, and, and Holly's being humble here, so I'm, part of my job as chair, chairman is to brag on behalf of our people, is it, they're simple-sounding questions are not easy to answer. How many people are here? Well, you know, key data can tell you something through occupancy, but we use credit card data because uh, we use cell phone data, we use wastewater treatment plant data, we use visitor center, uh, th you know, thermal scanners to count people, we count cars in parking lots, and, and, and we cobble together through multiple sources and we triangulate to get answers that sound fairly intuitive. How many people are here? How many day trippers are here? How many um, part-time locals are spending more time here? And part of our job is to provide that information uh, to the community. Like during COVID, for example, the Economic Recovery Committee asked us to help provide data of whether or not our hospitality sector was complying with the occupancy limits that the county health orders provided. And that's part of our role, is to help provide that data. And, and Holly's being humble, it's not easy. Um, and we, we do our best to provide it. Mm. Um, well, one of the unfortunate weaknesses of radio is that numbers do not play very well on radio, frankly. But at a big picture level, I am wondering if you all can paint, paint a picture for our listeners of the last year or so in tourism. I mean, I think everyone's image is incredibly crowded main streets during the summer, this summer and this past summer. Um, I think a lot of folks, you know, remember in, in 2020, a lot of people coming here during the peak of the pandemic to get outdoors. Um, but in the data that you all collect, I mean, what are the numbers we're seeing in terms of how our, our tourism numbers are, are ebbing and flowing over the last year or so? Sure. Who wants that one? <laughs> <laughs> Um, sure. So, um, you know, obviously um, with the pandemic, we saw a super busy summer, uh, the year 2020 and the year 2021 as well. Um, not only was that um, guests that are coming in and staying here locally in our lodging, but also camping and um, out in our public lands. Um, this winter, we're actually seeing um, our numbers just slightly behind the last two years. Um, but what we are seeing is that um, the people that are coming are spending um, more money than, than usual or that they have before. And um, if we look back at December, um, occupancy was flat to just a little bit down. Mm -hmm. However, I'm, we're going to see lodging, restaurant and retail uh, sales tax numbers um, come in higher than a couple of years prior. Because fewer people are spending more money, you're saying? Correct. Yeah. Mm. Um, and one of the big COVID trends, it seemed, at least anecdotally, was a lot more day trippers, people coming in, driving with their cars, coming in, staying a bit, leaving, especially during the summer, really. Um, and I'm really just curious, I mean, on that and, and more broadly, I mean, what is all of your sense about how much COVID trends are going to stick around? I mean, do, is COVID something that we think permanently changed the, the tourism ecosystem we have? I'll jump on that. I think that this summer we'll see a similar pattern to last summer, but then I think as consumer confidence increases um, with, you know, case numbers going down, I'm hoping that we'll, we'll be out of the woods here, you know, cro fingers crossed, right, um, in the next few months. And as that confidence increases, I feel like people will, you know, migrate more to the cities for vacations and international travel as well, right? So I think that the mountain destinations um, will see less, you know, of the influx that, that we have um, over the past few summers. And again, we may see another busy summer, but, um, 
you know, I think that will pro- will hopefully plateau, you know, following. That's my prediction. All but right. don't, yeah. We're, we're going to play. <laughs> Off the record. We'll play, the, we'll play this tape in a year. And, exactly. And, we'll and, see. And, and just to pile on, I agree with Kira. And that's part of our role is to be, we're forward-looking organization. We report historically. Um, we see a pretty good 2022. But we have some concerns about 2023, as I mentioned before, because to Kira's point, there's a lot of pent-up demand in our visitor base. And we get that sense from a lot of consumer research a lot of our part-time uh locals who have spent four five six months here in the last year or two maybe you're going to spend one too and they face that bumps versus bahamas decision there's a lot of pent-up international demand now what we're going to hopefully target is some international visitors and kira can tell you this they spend what three times with the average domestic visitor exactly and so we're a little worried about 23 and that's part of our job is to worry um, and we think this period of change is going to continue. And to your point, day trippers, how do we know that? We use that credit card data. We use that cell phone data. Some of them just drive through and leave. That's a different type of visitor. Everyone's welcome. But uh, we want to need to constantly understand it and constantly be tweaking our programs and our messages to kind of find that balance that we talked about before. Mm, so your sense being 2022, summer-wise at least, Kira, you're predicting is going to be similar to 21 or 20 a, a fair amount of people but you think that will then ebb and flow and dan you're even saying there's even worry there might be a, a glut of folks you're saying by 2023 well no i i i think we're going to see potential downside scenarios in 23 that we need to manage for because the domestic international demand is going to precede potentially the recovery of international inbound travel and that's part of our job is to be constantly monitoring it and constantly adjusting it and sharing it uh with our communities yeah and also the potential recession that you alluded to before you know if i think everybody's bracing you know for for that to possibly happen and hopefully it won't but i think that you know we'll be ready as we were back in 2010, you know, to aid in the recovery if that does happen. Mm. Um, I mean, Holly, I have to ask, I mean, I, I know data is probably very, very preliminary at this point for something like summer numbers, but I mean, what are you seeing in terms of summer numbers for hotel reservations and that sort of thing? I mean, is, is there kind of any backing up in the data we already have for the, the summer we could be approaching? Sure. So um, Bluegrass Weekend's obviously filling in very nicely. Um, and if we look at July and August, um, they're paid, it's small numbers, just like you said, but July and August are, are pacing ahead of what we were uh, this time last year for last summer. More people this time last year, we have more people already registered for July and August than we did back in 2021. <laughs> we do. However, you know, summer, uh, summer stays are really short uh, lead times. And, you know, as we are still in a pandemic, um, you know, hopefully out of that soon, um, that, um, you know, we'll have to see as as uh, the summer uh, draws near. But I think we'll have, I echo what Kara says, and I think we're going to have another another busy summer. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I'm tapping into what I imagine some listeners may feel when, they, even if they hear 2023 may actually have a reduction in numbers, I, I imagine most people aren't even, you know, they're not thinking about next, next summer as you all are already. They're probably hearing 2022 is going to be another busy summer. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's people listening to that and maybe maybe excited, maybe a little grown because I know a lot of people have just, you know, it's been a very hectic time these past two summers especially. Um, and so I have to ask, I mean, as you all are talking about this, this pivot to really focus a lot more on sustainability, sustainable tourism ecosystem, management over marketing, um, what are the things the tourism board can do to actually manage those numbers and make it so even if maybe we do have the same demand as past summers, we don't have another summer where people are are burning out because you know I have a lot of friends who right. work in the service sector who have have 
have had some emotional ups and downs from busyness. Sure. Yeah, and we, and we, we, we share some of that burnout. And so uh, I think, you know, if we can get aligned on some goals as a region, uh, for example, let's say a goal is to disperse people off of Main Street during the summer, right? I think we all could probably share that goal. Now, you talk to some of the business owners, they may not share that goal, but certainly the frontline employees. Like I said before, Mountain Village has built these really cool flow biking trails, the canopy tours. They have capacity to take it, you know, getting out to Natalie's place in, in, in the West End. Uh, we think uh, we can help facilitate um, dispersion and getting people to understand there's more than just four trails in, in Telluride in terms of hiking uh, and spreading people out. And that's where Holly operates our visitor center. And thousands of people come through that visitor center on Main Street. And it's a real, it doesn't attract anybody, they're already here, but it's a real chance to educate them. Like maybe that older gentleman in flip flop shouldn't do the Via Ferrata and the river trail might be right. Or maybe the village trail up in Mountain Village and educate them and help to disperse them. So that's just one example of a thing we can do. Mm. Um, also, I, I have to, I have to, no, I have to ask. I mean, is there a, um, and I, I did some reporting on this a few months ago. I was very curious about this idea of, of demarketing, of even like trying to like tamp down on just the number of people coming. I mean, is that even a, a, a power the tourism board has, for instance, of, of <laughs> somehow getting fewer people to come or is it really more of just a, a management lever? Yeah, I, I think, there's a we have to be careful about completely turning off the lever but we can change our messaging and we can try to target people who share our values who want to come here people forget baby boomers knees are wobbling and they're leaving the ski industry we have to keep share of mind high in that next generation we again don't want to overwhelm but if we completely turn it off um we have a wonderful place uh, we're, we're, we're special, but we're not unique. There's a lot of beautiful places. And so it's again, finding that balance and replacing those people who can't handle altitude anymore, or their knees can't handle skiing anymore with the next generation of the types of folks we'd like to have come here. Um, so again, it's a balance. I talk to a lot of business owners. Some of them don't feel that they're have too much business. Um, I appreciate what it's like working on the front line. My wife runs a shop and I can see how tired those frontline folks get. Yeah. I was going to say, too, part of the strategy, and I think that there's a perception issue, too, in the summertime with all the cars coming in. Um, and I think that one of the strategies we can use and have used is really targeting and focusing on people coming in through, you know, on planes rather than on their in their cars. So um, if we can do that, then we'll reduce the traffic. Um, people can shuttle in and then we'll just have more pedestrians and you know that's a great opportunity to market all of the activities that mountain village offers they can take the gondola up so i think there's a lot of ways to manage it without telling people they can't come mm -hmm. listeners if you are just tuning in this is off the record i'm matt hoish from the Kodo news team tonight we are speaking with the telluride tourism board the folks that are, are are at some some of the heart of uh tourism and tourism management in our region we have with us dan jansen chair of the board holly hansen director of operations and kira skinner director of marketing and public relations unfortunately we have some internet issues and uh, phone lines it looks like may be down um but if you want to try and give us a call try it out 970-728-4333 again 970 
728-4333 if you have a question or a comment for the Telluride Tourism Board members here. Alternatively, if somehow you have a cell signal like miraculously I seem to, um, you can also send me an email. Um, my email is news at koto.org. Again, news, N-E-W-S at koto.org. Um, if you have a question or a comment for the Tourism Board and you cannot phone in. So we were trying all manner to, to get things in and work around our um, our internet and phone issues that we're having tonight. Um, one of the big pieces of news around the Tourism Board that did come out earlier this month was that longtime CEO and President Michael Martellon is stepping down from the Tourism Board, has been leading the organization for over a decade, so a, a pretty major change. Um, and I, I would love just for the three of you to talk about the future of the organization now that, that Michael, who has been the, the president and CEO, as I've said, for over a decade, um, is stepping down. Well, I'll start, and I, I'd like to begin by publicly thanking Michael Martelin for everything he did for this community. Um, when you talk to the old-timers who are here before the TTB was formed, our, our marketing efforts were very different, and with all due respect, not nearly as sophisticated. Michael brought a rigor and a data analytics and an insight focus that really raised us from here to, I appreciate him on the radio, but from very low to very high. And I just want to thank him for that. Um, and that said, as we talked about, our mission and our focus um, has changed and we're going to be taking a little bit of a step back. We want to engage with the community, the business community, and talk about the things we've been talking about tonight, about what we do and what we don't do. And so uh, we, you know, it's a shame to see Michael uh, move on. He's going to go find his next challenge and another high growth opportunity, and he's going to crush it, I'm, I'm confident. But we're going to take a step back with our board and really focus on what uh, we think is next and the extent to which we need to replace him or find some, some different skill set is kind of an open question. And we're going to have an open dialogue with the governments and the ski company and the business community uh, about what that should be. Hmm. Um, I mean, I do, I do have to ask, given it's a pretty significant shift that happened at, at the start of this year. And I, I guess given that the tourism board gets hundreds of thousands of dollars in taxpayer money to, to support the organization, um, you know, what can you say, I guess, to, to the listeners, to the, the government officials, the members of the public listening to, to reassure them that, you know, the organization is, is still going to do what it's been doing and, and things are going to move smoothly and that those taxpayer dollars will be spent in, in an appropriate way. Well, well, I'll start, but the reason uh, Kira and Holly and hope too bad Tommy couldn't be here is I want the community uh, to really see the people who are driving a lot of the work day to day. Our board is very active and very engaged. Uh, they're going to keep doing what they do, and they do it really well. I'm here to brag for them. And uh, in some ways, you're not going to see a lot of change. You're going to see the peak sheets come out with data. You're going to see the campaigns coming out. You're going to see us providing data to the Economic Recovery Committee in the county. You're going to continue to see a lot of things, frankly, we've been doing for the last few years. You're probably going to see a little less media spend um, because, again, we don't have to fight for the heads and beds over the last year or three. Um, we have the capability of ramping that up. So Michael was a great leader, uh, and he really helped drive the team, but he also helped really build a machine that's going to continue to operate and continue to deliver for our clients, the community and the governments. Mm. Kieran Holly, I'm curious what else you want to add, especially as, as you know, two of the three people, Tom, unfortunately, is not here, you know, really on the ground doing a lot of this work. Well, we have a really strong team. You know, we're small but mighty, um, and we're passionate. You know, we've all lived here for a long time. We're invested in the community. We're all raising our families here. And we just really look forward to 
um, connecting, you know, with the community, with the governments, um, with the elected officials, and really collaborating um, and having some, you know, honest, transparent conversations and talking about goals and objectives and um, really, you know, moving up from there, moving on. And um, I think we have a great opportunity here and I'm really excited about it. Mm. Holly? Uh, yes. Um, I think that, uh, you know, we'll, we will continue in the visitor center and on our phones to educate guests that are um, already here and guests that are coming in. Um, I'll just, you know, for a brief example, we get a, a ton of phone calls, you know, asking what time the gondola opens, the gondola closes, how much are tickets. And on each of those phone calls, we do take the opportunity to say, you know, during this time that it's public transportation and masks are required as well as on our shuttles and stuff like and, and things like that um so educating people before they get here um as well as when they come through our doors mm -hmm. could i give you one example the town of mountain village um wanted a bilateral relationship with us they put out the marketing work to an rfp process they got all sorts of responses and they selected us to lead the process and uh, we're going to work with Karsh Hagen, a great creative agency in Denver. Uh, and we've had a series of meetings with them, that, the depth of which we haven't had in years. And they are highly engaged. The team's working with them. We're identifying all the key performance indicators, all the metrics that we're going to deliver against. And so we really see some of the changes as real opportunities to deepen our relationships and really customize what we do for the, each town, each government, and the ski company. Mm. Well, are you able to, I guess, I mean, I realize maybe some things are still in negotiation, but dive into some of those metrics. I know, Dan, we had uh, spoke, Julia had spoken to you a few weeks ago when Michael's resignation was announced, and you had mentioned in that interview wanting to, to use different metrics to measure success by for, for the tourism board moving forward. I mean, can you talk about what are some of the new metrics? What are the new ways that you all hope to measure success as opposed to, it sounds like I assume it's not trying to break records of people in town anymore. I guess, what are the new metrics you're wanting to measure by? Well, uh, can I start? Oh, then, yeah, please. And Kira actually knows the answer, but I'll give you an example, and that's part of the evolution. When we were formed, we were very focused on sales tax revenue growth, occupancy increases, ADR, average daily rate increases, what you pay for a room. We have pushed those largely to the side, and, and we still track them because we have to report them, but Kira is leading an effort to talk about our new KPIs performance indicators yeah we're working on that right now we're establishing some kpis as well as some goals um, that aren't set in stone yet we're still having conversations about them and still need to chat with mountain village and get their approval on them um, however you know we're, we're looking at those you know foundation kpis that dan mentioned the occupancy adr taxes and then adding some you know web analytics to that um, really there are some benchmark um, web analytics for the tourism industry that we can use for those kpis um, as well as um, you know media equivalencies so you know when we have um, when we have you know journalists write about telluride and mountain village um, what would that value be if we were to buy that media um, visitors into the visitor center. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that we can track um, to gauge success um, for, you know, our efforts um, and that, you know, our communities, our towns can use um, to really gauge our performance there. Well, in engagement, we own Telluride.com, which is the highest organic search result. When you just punch in Telluride, it's right on top. Um, that's a great opportunity to engage. How long do you engage with them? How many pages do they look at? Do they look at kind of our messaging around values and, and, and so forth? And so those engagement metrics are just as important. And the 
visitor people coming to the visitor center, it's a chance to educate are just as important to me as some of those other more traditional tourism metrics. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also, um, I, I these keep coming up. I'm like, oh, this other one. <laughs> um, we have, you know, click through rates. So when we're running our sustainability campaigns, um, how are, is engagement, you know, and when we're working with Car Shagan, we'll really be monitoring that as well. We all have also have central reservations, which Holly manages. And so, you know, tracking that revenue and those phone calls coming in. So there are so many, you know, that we can use um, that we, you know, we look forward to, you know, yeah. continuing that conversation. Well, and, and I mean, the word education word, I think is the E word education keeps coming up. And, and I, I am curious, I mean, can you can you talk about some of the specific ways you all hope to really use education to, to, to direct local tourism to make our tourism ecosystem sustainable, not only for the tourists, but also for, you know, most of our audience is locals listening. So for the locals who are supporting that tourism economy, I mean, what are the sorts of things you hope to educate tourists on, the behaviors you hope to promote that will just make it so that we can have a sustainable tourism economy for all? Well, a few, a few examples. You know, we've been working with the Telluride Mountain Club. Um, we've been running community cleanup weekends with them. Um, we ran a tag responsibly campaign, you know, in conjunction with our Leave No Trace. We've taken the Colorado Tourism Office's Leave No Trace principles and translated that to this area. So um, we're really pushing out that messaging as well. And we also worked on, you know, proper campfire messaging, you know, last summer when um, we were concerned about fires. So, um, you know, as I mentioned, it's just we're really... Um, you know, we're set to pivot whenever needed, you know, based on the needs of the community. Um, and I'll also add to that that um, we work closely with the U.S. Forest Service, um, particularly the Rec Ranger program that they've implemented over the last couple of years. Um, I'm in constant contact um, with that group and knowing what's on uh, boots on the ground outside of Mountain Village and Telluride and uh, vice versa, letting them know what's going on um, in the two towns. Mm. And we run an ambassador program with people who are wandering around the towns to kind of answer questions. And the other side of this, and this may be less popular with some of the listeners, is we also need to kind of share the importance of the tourism economy. We all understand that it can be tiring at the end of the season. We're all worn down and we look forward to off season. But we also need to understand that it's 80% of our economy. And a lot of the great services and amenities that we all enjoy here as locals are funded in large part by um, this tourism economy. And so our part-time locals who come and our visitors who come are the ones who really help contribute to our quality of life. You know, it, you can focus on the 10 people in front of you at Cowboy Coffee, or you can think about, wow, they help with our schools, they help with our services and so forth. And that's important. Mm. Listeners, if you're just tuning in, we are having a conversation with the Telluride Tourism Board. This is is off the record, by the way. I'm Matt Hoysh from the Kodo News team. If you have a question or a comment, uh, phone lines, we're having trouble because of our internet outages, but give it a try, 970-728-4333. Alternatively, if you have cell service like I do, try and send me an email, news at koto.org, if you have a question or a comment for the Telluride Tourism Board. Again, that's news at koto.org. Another piece of news from the Tourism Board um, from last year's election was Telluride had a ballot question that passed that essentially gave the town more flexibility over how it allocates the funding that it, it gave through a tax to the Tourism Board. Essentially, the town is still allocating that money to the Tourism Board, but this ballot question passed that essentially gives the town more flexibility over how it uses that money. Um, and I'd love to know from you all how you were thinking about that new variable and the fact that in the future funding could be more, it could fluctuate more for the tourism board. How are you all thinking about um, that ballot question that passed last November? Yeah, I mean, we, um, 
you know, we've we've had fluctuations in our funding over time because it's lodging tax. And when you have lower periods of visitation, our revenue goes down. We can flex up. We can flex down. We understand the town's desire to kind of control that more directly. Uh, frankly, I'm a little concerned because that lodging tax, our visitors pay that 2%. And a majority of that has come to us over the years. And we could count on it. Um, for operational continuity, we need to understand what we're going to receive. And that pool of money is going to be competing for different goals of workforce housing and wastewater treatment and other government purposes and marketing. Now, thankfully, the current town council has said they're very committed to continuing marketing and and we take them at their word and we're looking forward to seeing what that translates into. It wouldn't surprise me if we have a slight, you know, a, a reduction in some of uh, the marketing spend. Uh, now, at some point, we have to close our doors because we have a big lease on Main Street and we have a bunch of employees. I don't want to scare you guys. Um, and we don't think we're going to get to that point. Um, so we're going to work with the town and figure out what level of spending they want and what they want for that, like we've done with Mountain Village. And we remain optimistic that we're going to serve the community for a long time to come. Mm. Kira, how long anything to add there? Uh, I think Dan did a, did a great job. I would just say that I'm looking forward to having conversations with the town of Telluride and, um, you know, creating um, a sustainable program, um, collaborating with them and, and moving forward um, and working together. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I echo that as well. And, you know, look forward to sharing, um, you know, the data that I collect um, on a really digestible level and um, look forward to the, to the future. Um, Dan, one thing you had mentioned, I, I think you mentioned this off the air before we went on, but that a goal of the tourism board really moving forward in this, you know, as you called it a pivot, um, is, is increased transparency. And I know that, that one area that has come up just a lot in my ad hoc conversations with folks has to do with, with the budget of the tourism board, the money spent by the tourism board. Um, I, I'm curious, I mean, can, can you share with our listeners at, at least, I guess at a big picture level, I mean, the financials of the tourism board, I mean, what is the budget you're working with and, and the way that you allocate those funds? Well, I, I don't want to start quoting specific numbers because you're bound to catch me out on some, but I'd encourage you to go to the website. We have our budget posted on the website, uh, and it's maybe at a level that's too high of a summary for some folks. This is where our revenue comes from, how much from Tyrite, how much from Mountain Village, how much from the county. This is what we spend it on, operations, visitor center, uh, staff, um, and we are, will, are going to release even more detail if people want it. If you want to know what we spend on office supplies, I'm happy to tell you. I don't have them top of head for you. Uh, but we do know that there's a period of uncertain funding. Uh, Mountain Village is held largely the course and Telluride is holding the course, but we're gonna. it's going to be fairly dynamic and we're going to be adjusting our spending to what we um, can bring in. And we're going to do what we can, but we'll probably have to do less of some things if our funding's cut. So I'd rather not go into specific numbers because I'm bound to get them wrong, but go to the website and we're going to post even more detail if people want it. Mm. Um, on the subject also, again, of, of transparency, I mean, you'd mentioned that you're really hoping over the next year to have, it sounds like these conversations with local government, with local businesses, the ski company. Uh, I mean, can you all talk a bit more about that and really the, what it sounds like you're hoping to do over the next few months or a year as, as you make this pivot, what are the sort of community interactions you want to have in this new chapter of, of the tourism board? I know with Mountain Village, um, you know, we're working on an agreement with them right now. And um, part of that agreement will be monthly meetings with elected officials, with the staff, 
um, and we'll put those on the calendar. We'll be uh, reporting quarterly, doing an annual report as well. Um, so there'll be a lot of communication and, you know, Zoe and we'll probably be talking to Zoe daily <laughs> as well, you know, because we're going to be managing the agency. So we're going to be in constant communication. And I would hope that we would have a similar setup with the town of Telluride once we, you know, start those discussions with them. Mm. Um Holly, again, knowing that data, it sounds like, is really under your, your, your general purview. I mean, do you have any aims of, of making that data more accessible? I know that, you know, Michael is famous for some very data-heavy presentations, a lot of very well-made graphs. Um, and, I, you know, I, I would just like to know, I mean, how are you thinking about um, data, data communication, and, and making numbers as accessible as possible? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, I never knew I was such a data geek until I met <laughs> Michael. Um, it's been a lot of fun. Um learning uh, analytics and whatnot over the last six years. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, you know, some of the things that we do are, you know, helping local businesses and um, local, you know, say real estate agents or, um, you know, um, people that are thinking about, um, you know, coming in here and starting a business, you know, understanding what our number, you know, what the numbers are, that visitors and sales taxes and um, all those points um, and what, you know, uh, the owner occupancy and everything else. And just really, you know, sharing that, um, I think, in a, you know, on, on a higher level mm -hmm. as we move forward. Yeah, we've been exploring, um, you know, I would like to have some kind of a dashboard that captures the data in a very simple visual way, kind of like what the county did with COVID. I'm sorry, it's a horrible <laughs> parallel, <laughs> but they had that dashboard that people could go to every day and see how things are changing. And, and should we develop something like that? If people have suggestions, we, we really want transparency. We're not hiding anything, but we also don't want to overwhelm people with data that's not actionable for them. So um, we're going to work on the types of displays and dashboards and other things that we can share and we're very open to what people want to see and how they want to see it and when they want to see it and, and where they want to see it oh well the, the covid dashboard maybe the dashboard i've looked at the most over the last two years not to say look it, at it, it works many dash it does it works though it, it really it really does work um holly another data question um I know these things because I, I listen intimately to town council meetings, and I, and I know that you know they're Telluride town council meetings. Julia covers Mountain Village, um, but there, there, you know, was discussion. I remember there was a presentation of some data a few, well, maybe weeks ago, I suppose, just about general numbers. And there was also mention of the fact that you all get a lot of data from hotels, especially with occupancy, but that there's also a lot of privately owned. Um, um, like Airbnb kind of situations where you don't get the data or, or owner owner managed properties. Um, where where there's uncertainty around the data, same with things like like day trippers, um, in terms of not having you know occupancy numbers for them. I am curious. I mean, are there ways that that you're hoping to get you know our data, the data collection you all do, just better and as accurate as possible, so that you know there can be as as little uncertainty as possible when it comes to numbers for who's here. Sure, absolutely. Um, so I mentioned Key Data, uh, the company that we work with. Um, with our, uh, with our professionally managed units. Um, we actually built a platform a little over a year ago that would um, collect data from independent um, short-term rental owners. Um, it was met with a little bit of obstruction and you know, maybe going forward, that's something that we might be able to, to encourage people to um, participate in and um, get, be able to collect that data. Oh, obstruction in terms of people not wanting to voluntarily give the data? Correct. Yeah, and we're, we're talking with our government partners of the extent to which they want to ask them, those short-term rental owners to provide it. We, we have the portal built, 
um, but we can't we don't have the authority to force compliance um, part of the downside of you know us presenting this data historically is everybody just thinks it's sitting on a shelf it's not it, there's a lot of work to triangulate into it just how many people are in town on a given day is difficult to establish and so there's never perfect data but we're always trying to make it better and make it more actionable mm. um a word that's been floating around throughout this conversation, sustainable tourism, getting getting tourism to be sustainable. And, and for each of you, I mean, I do want to ask, um, what is your vision for what a, a Telluride, Mountain Village, San Miguel County with sustainable tourism, what that looks like? I mean, what is what is the ideal here? What is the can can you each paint the picture for what what it is that we're aiming for? Balance and harmony. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure I can add much to that, but just to dork out on the data again is what I would like to see is less volatility in our visitor visitation numbers and our one of the metrics is sales tax revenue is I don't we don't want peaks and valleys and peaks and valleys if we can kind of smooth it out a bit so it feels, you know, you know, more balanced for all of us who are here. Um, we want to have longevity uh, and not crash during the next recession. We want to not be overwhelmed when we have boom times. So um, finding that balance is is um, is our goal. Anything to add, Holly? Besides balance and harmony? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like a song group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots of smiley people on you know on Main Street and in the Village Core. That's you know both local and visitor alike. Well, the follow-on, what do you all think needs to happen over the next decade, let's say, to get there? It sounds like it's not going to happen overnight. Um, maybe maybe we, we achieve it and then it, it recedes, it comes and recedes, I don't know. Um, but what do you all think needs to happen in the region in the next 10 years to get to a place where we can have a pretty resiliently sustainable tourism economy? I think collaboration is key, just, you know, and we've been talking about that a lot as well. I think sustainability and collaboration are, are key words during this discussion, but um, you know, as we talk about these partnerships with the, you know, different towns and the, the government entities, um, the community, I just think that we have to have open communication and collaboration and have goals set in mind and really understand what, you know, we need to understand what the vision is, you know, what's the, and everybody's going to have a different vision, right? But we all have to come together and and balance and and give and take a little bit and decide um you know as dan was saying we have to be prepared for the next recession but we also need to manage you know what is perceived as over tourism as well so what does that look like um so i think we have our work cut out for us over the next 10 years absolutely but i'm i think we're all you know excited to you know to charge into it yeah, I, I would add, people tend to simplify marketing as if it's an on-off switch, and it's really kind of like that board in front of you. There's a whole bunch of dimmer switches that you kind of dial up and dial down, and the situation's very dynamic. You know, who would have predicted COVID a few years ago? When it came in, nobody predicted we would have more people here, maybe than less. You know, eight daily rate has gone up while occupancy has dropped. Date trippers have gone up while international visitors have disappeared and so it's a very dynamic fluid situation and we have a lot of levers that we can kind of dial them up dial them down based on the the data and the circumstances on the ground and that's kind of our job and we're meant to be kind of peeking over the horizon a bit and trying to help prepare uh, all of us for what's coming next mm. um 
as I had mentioned earlier, you know, throughout the, the day, when running into people saying, I'm going to talk to the tourism board, what should I ask them about? And I was, you know, at least two people um, mentioned this question. And so I figured if two are asking it, then maybe more are. Um, so I figured I'd throw it out. I mean, and their specific question was, you know, I think the tourism board, you know, very much associated with tourists. Um, but can you all talk about how the tourism board benefits locals and, and the people who are working here? And doing, I mean, what yeah. is the, the added value of you all for for locals? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that, actually, um, because that's something I wanted to touch upon as well. And Holly um, will definitely have, chime in, too. Um, you know, we, we do provide support um, for our businesses um, and community. We, you know, promote businesses and events. Um, we have our weekly peak sheet that goes out and the email itself is really business to business. The peak sheet is really for the guest um, to show them what events we're offering um, in the community over the week. Um, we also, you know, for example, um, the tourism board helped with promotion of Noel night and holiday prelude over the holidays. Um, you know, we, you know, bought some print ads, did some digital, had a landing page on the website, really just to support our local businesses, both in Telluride and Mountain Village. Um, and in addition to that, you know, we're really involved with community groups. Um, we've been working with the county and towns on COVID. You know, we have a communications group. Um, I was helping out the county, you know, um, as PIO before Lindsay came on board when COVID hit during the crisis phase. Um, and then um, they were able to secure some CARES Act funding and she came on that fall of 2020 and um, is doing an amazing job. But we, you know, I continue to work with the county um, in terms of, you know, COVID and other communications. And we all have a group that meets um, biweekly um, with the municipalities and, um, you know, county and Telluride and Mountain Village, um, really to ensure we're all on the same page and um, aligned with our communications. So we've been doing a lot in terms of COVID communications. We had some compliancy issues on the gondola. Um, they seem to keep happening. So. Um, we purchased, you know, some Facebook, targeted Facebook ads that were, you know, targeted to people who were here, um, visitors and locals, you know, with um, gondola, you know, mask messaging. Um, so, you know, we're really, um, we really try to align, you know, with the, with, you know, the, the goals or any kind of challenges we're having and um, be proactive in terms of our communications and helping the community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I would remind again that 80% of our local economy is driven by tourism, and those businesses are locally owned. They employ locals, right? And helping to ensure a nice, continuous, balanced level of business is very much in their interest. We also flow in when there's new needs that arise. Uh, for example, the Tourism Board was the co-founder of the Economic Recovery Committee which responded to the pandemic with the concern of, we wanna make sure our economy is here so that local businesses don't shut down, locally owned businesses. Locals don't lose a lot of jobs. Now we were able to transition that to the county, but we stepped in and did that. Why? Because no one else was doing it. And we did it with local jobs in mind, right? And uh, we were able to help, I think. And uh, thankfully, the economy was managed pretty well through the process. Some would argue maybe too well, but uh, managed well so that we didn't see significant job loss or significant locally owned businesses having to close up during the pandemic. Mm. Sure. And, you know, um, on that note, too, uh, for me, I sat on the Lodging Oversight Committee during um, all of 2020 um, in an administrative role and was really, um, you know, helpful in 
uh, putting together all the occupancy numbers to make sure that we as a community stayed uh, within the occupancy limits set by the county during those periods. Um, for me, I also sit on the Lodging Association Board. Um, we you know, have a, a great group of lodgers that meet on a pretty regular basis and um, that you know, and have calls, et cetera. Um, and just at the visitor center, we have locals coming in, you know, on a daily basis, you know, asking for information, grabbing maps, grabbing visitor guides, um, coming in to ask questions and um, yeah. Hmm. And masks. And masks. Oh, <laughs> and on that note, um, we uh, had a delivery today of several thousand KN95s and several thousand um, just blue surgical masks. So if you or your business um, are in need here in Telluride of masks, um, stop by and see us um, any time at the visitor center between nine and five. Isn't it sad that that is such an exciting thing to hear? Isn't it, isn't it, isn't it a, a, testi- a testament to the times? Anyway, um, we are almost done with this hour, which time always does fly by on this. But I do think we mentioned it earlier that if, any, there, if, if there was ever an important takeaway from this, one of the important takeaways I would hope folks get is um, what the tourism board does and doesn't do. And I'm wondering if you, all as, as much as you can, can really just touch on and hammer home. What are the things that the tourism board does? Um, and it sounds like what are the things you don't do? start or shall I? Um, I help try to keep Honda Civics off of uh, Bridal Veil Road. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But really, it's, it's a lot of education, as we mentioned, um, for sure. That's, that's I think, you know, in the visitor center right now, that's really what we're aiming for. Kara? Um, can I use balance and harmony again? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, you know, I just think relationships, um, it's a lot about relationships and connecting with the community. That's definitely um, a, a mission for us um, and really balancing, you know, as, as the marketing director, um, balancing that the tourism and really, you know, as I mentioned before, gauging the community um, and having that, that solid communication um, and collaboration as we move forward. You know, we really want to foster that um as a team and um i think that you know i think that we're we're there um in some regards and that we have some work to do and and that we're ready to do it um and we look forward to um just you know all you know that collaboration and and teamwork you know because I, i don't see us as you know just the team at the tourism board i see it um bigger picture you know really with um, the government entities, the elected official, and the commu- officials in the community in general. Um, and I just, you know, look forward to continuing those conversations and working together. Mm. I think they said it quite well. I mean, we, we have a team, and that's why I wanted to bring everyone on the air, I'm sorry Tommy couldn't be here, of long-term locals who care deeply about the community. And, uh, and what we do is monitor the tourism economy as best we can and try to dial up and dial down programs that we think will help create a great experience for all of us. Um, What we don't do is we're not madly pursuing record sales tax, record visitation, record daily rate. Um, We've reached a good level and now I think we just want to kind of, I hate to say it, we're a broken record, you know, find that balance, find that sustainable level uh, in our community that can keep all these locally owned businesses going, keep all the locals who want to work here in a job that allows them to live here. And that's our goal. Well, in the very scant time we have left, um, one of the final questions, I mean, this is an organization that was formed 
many, many years ago. And obviously the world has gone through, it sounds like many iterations of change in that time. Um, so I think it's, it's worth asking. I mean, why do we need the Telluride Tourism Board? Why it sounds like, you know, we have local governments with marketing, with, with PR arms, with communications arms, with these sort of things. I mean, what what is the value added that you all feel the Tourism Board brings to our economy that makes it something that we need? Well, I'll start. I mean, this because this team will be too humble to say it. There's a great deal of expertise about the tourism economy resident in the Tourism Board. And again, it's 80% of our economy. It's important for somebody to be thinking broadly about the destination, working individually with each player so that we can collaborate and cooperate to achieve shared goals. You know, a simple process of what are those shared goals is some a role we can play. And uh, before we were in existence, talked to some old timers, it wasn't pretty. Uh, and we've reached a very different level in a very different place. And I think our mission is evolving and changing, but it's more important now than ever. And give me a call during the next recession. I think we're going to even prove our value even more at that point. And I hate to be Debbie Downer here, but we know one's coming. We just don't know when. And the last one was rough. Uh, and we can play a role in good times and in bad to kind of help manage the destination with our partners. Yeah, I was just going to um, add that, you know, 80% of our economy is tourism-based. Um, and whether you like it or not, you are involved in the tourism ecosystem here. So whether your job is directly related to tourism um, or not, you know, it will impact um, impact you. You know, if we don't have the visitation um, or if it's if we, we're going through a recession, we may not have the amenities here, you know, that, that people love. You may, may, may not be able to get your coffee at your favorite place anymore. Um, so there's just lots to, to think about there. Um, and I agree, you know, we are the, the marketing arm for the destination, but really, you know, as we've said, we've morphed into more of that destination management. And that's the important piece of the puzzle, I think, here, because um, I think if we break it up, it won't be as effective um, as it would be to have, you know, one umbrella organization to manage it all. Mm. Holly, anything to add? You know, I know I keep going back to, to education, but, you know, at the visitor center, we see upwards of 15,000 people annually. And, our, you know, we talk to, you know, hundreds, probably hundreds of thousands of people or upwards um, a year and, you know, helping them move through our town, know where parking is, um, know where, you know, how to get on the gondola. I mean, even in the back country, knowing where they can drop their garbage, um, where they can get water and, you know, really trying to help people flow through this community um, in a respectful manner. Mm -hmm. Well, final final point, just, just some quick information. I mean, if there are folks interested in learning more, getting in touch with you, learning more about the Tourism Board, I mean, what are some good spots for them to go to um, to, to get in touch with you with any questions or, or to learn more about the organization that, that, that is the Tourism Board? Sure. I mean, um, like I said, we're open 9 to 5 at the Visitor Center. Um, pop in at any time, and, um, you know, we'll have a chat, and we'd love to see you. Well, that voice you just heard, listeners, that was Holly Hanna's Director of Operations for the Telluride Tourism Board. We also have had on Kira Skinner, Director of Marketing and Public Relations, and Jan Dan Jansen, Chair of the Telluride Tourism Board. Um, three of you, thank you so much for making time to come on. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, hope that you learned something. Hope that if you have any any questions, you can you can go to the tourism board or you can tune into Kodo News because uh, tourism is is probably not a part of our lives that is going away here in Telluride, and you can bet that Kodo News will continue covering it as it continues to morph. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is KOTO Telluride. 
Thanks for listening to Off the Record. Opinions expressed on this show are those of our guests. Join us again next week for another installment. And in the meantime, drop us a line at news at koto.org with feedback and ideas. Oh,